Yes, we would be talking for a while. Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday evening from 6 to around 6.30, give or take. And it is an opportunity to share content that is based in the book that we wrote a few years back. It's called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And that book is a compilation of all the wisdom and and recommendations that we were able to glean facilitating pet loss groups for a really long time, 30 plus years in Nancy's case. And so this is an opportunity to take that knowledge and to share it with a broader audience through the medium that we're now using. And we very much like for you to engage with us. And so a lot of what we do is we read letters from people who have written to us and shared their story and very generously agreed to let us share it with you. And also we're open to your suggestions on topics, your suggestions on guests. We've had a few guests and we have some others who will be coming in the near future. And they were all recommended by people who are, well, I don't know if they all were, but for the most part, they've been recommended by members of the audience. audience. Yeah. So you can write to me at Ken DDV, that's K-E-N-D-D-V at gmail.com. You can write to Nancy at N-X, I'm sorry, N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at C-S-M-P-C.com. And even if you're not interested in sharing your story, if you write to us, we will write back. One or both of us will write back to you. We do this program as a way to provide support and guidance. Mm-hmm. And so you, we don't request that you absolutely agree to share your story. Mm-hmm. But if you if you do, if you do agree, we will probably share it in the not too distant future. You can support our program in a number of ways, and you'll see them in the description. You can support it through Venmo or through PayPal or other means as well. And again, we're not asking you to do that but of course we're grateful if you do and we'll we'll be very thankful but we also do this just because we want to be helpful to those who are going through a rough time we like you to know also that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society which is based in Springfield Massachusetts you can learn more about Dakin at d a k i n h u m a n e.org Dakin sponsors a Zoom pet loss support group that I facilitate once a month. The next time is January 10th. It's on almost always the group is on the second Tuesday of the month from 6 p.m. Eastern to 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And you can join from anywhere in the world. And we have people joining from lots of different places. And it's been quite a quite a a powerful experience for everybody involved, including me. I always learn from these meetings. So that is free, cost-free. It doesn't doesn't cost you anything. And so consider being a part of that. If you think it may be helpful, you can find the RSVP link in the description for this broadcast as well. And so Nancy, want to get us started for today? Yes, we have two sh- stories that we're going to share. 
um, this episode um, is probably going to be a long. We do have um, Sarah's um, story about her Jackson. And so, and it was quite a long story, but we really want to share her whole story. Um, it's about keeping each other strong. Ken, that was a good title for this. That's um, a quote. That's a quote oh, oh, right. I probably will be, will be reading it. Um, and uh, Monica and Cody. Um, and so without ado, I'm going to start reading. And Ken, when I get, when I get, through part about half of it i'll let you know and then uh i think you're going to so, show some beautiful pictures too. i am i'm going to show some pictures while nancy is reading hello nancy and ken it has taken me 10 months to work up the heart and the courage to write this email i first need you both to know that i've been listening to your podcast after i lost my boy jackson on sunday january 30th of 2022 Although the podcast cannot take my pain or trauma away, it has soothed me and helped me feel normal for the grief I've been feeling. Jackson was born December 22nd, which has just happened a couple days ago, 2015. My beautiful Siberian husky with one brown eye and one blue. The sweetest soul, the kindest boy, and the most loyal friend. I live in the suburbs of Montreal, Canada. I remember tossing the idea of getting a dog and was looking around. As soon as I saw that picture of that little face, I knew he was meant for me. I drove six hours and back up north to a dog sledding place where they had a litter that they could not keep. I will never forget the day I walked into that little hut and saw Jackson hiding under a chair just looking at me. We instantly became soulmates and best friends. I am 42 with no children, so to me, he was my son. I was in a toxic relationship that I had a hard time leaving, so when things were bad, Jackson was always there for me to lean on. He was so loved and returned the love unconditionally. Lots of walks and dog parks in his favorite spot, the ballpark, where it was just me and him playing ball for hours. Health-wise, he was great. I always made sure that he did suffer from anxiety, but I just figured it was his character or the environment when things in my relationship got heated. He was a happy boy, and the connection and love between us could not be hidden. I always worried about him and his well-being. I wanted him safe and healthy. He was my best friend, and I felt comfort knowing that no matter what life would throw at me, Jax was by my side for the next at least 12 years. March 2019, I started having the recurring dream that Jax was running through the streets and I would chase him. Sometimes he got hit by a car. Sometimes my dreams just ended. I decided to look into pet insurance because those dreams scared me enough to think that maybe if I did something did ha ever happen, it would be better to have financial assistance. Between work and life, I had not gotten around to it yet, but I had made calls. Early morning of April 8th, 2019, I was woken up by Jax's paws on the floor. I was upstairs, so I thought someone was in the house, and I asked my partner at the time to go down and look. Within seconds, I heard him yell, Jax, what's wrong, buddy? I jumped out of bed as my heart went straight to my throat. My worst nightmare just came true, I thought to myself. I ran downstairs to see my boy convulsing and foaming from the mouth. I did not know what to think, so I stuck my hand in his mouth, thinking he was choking on something. 
He then got up and started pacing. We immediately took him to the hospital. They did blood work and said nothing abnormal was found, that Jackson had a seizure, that they could not explain anything. If he had another, he would be diagnosed with epilepsy. We went back home, and since it was Monday, I had to go to work in a few hours. I lay with Jax on the couch and just stared at him sleeping, praying that he would not have another one, praying that this was an isolated incident for whatever reason. I left work for a complete mess around 7.30 a.m., only to get a call at 8 from my partner. He had just had another one. I told him to bring Jax to the hospital immediately and that I would meet him there. When I arrived, the vet told me at this point he is having clusters and he needed to be hospitalized. Epilepsy medication needed to be started right away. My whole world shattered. Everything around me just stopped. He had just turned three years old a few months ago. How could this be? I knew nothing about canine epilepsy or that it even existed. How could this be happening to me to Jack? Jacks, why? I went home without my boy, who was now considered sick and epileptic, and laid in bed crying, praying that the phone did not ring to tell me he had another one because they would have to stop the seizure by intravenous. I had planned to go see him that even, evening, even though he was staying the night. I wanted him to know that mommy loved him and would fight this with him. I wanted to bring him a toy in his blanket. I walked into the hospital and was greeted by the doctor. I'm so sorry. Jackson just had another seizure. I started crying and said I wanted to see him regardless. She brought me to the back where he was in a glass cage with a cone around his neck, barely able to stand up. He's seen me and I went in and he started crying. So I told him I loved him, but felt I needed to go because I did not want to upset him. This was the beginning of our new journey. He had been there for me and now it was my turn to be there for him. God knows I did everything and tried my best for the next two years, nine months and 22 days. The next couple of months were so hard neurologists, blood tests, several hospitalizations, two types of medication, phenobarbital and Keppra. Every pay was gone and several times I needed to reach out for financial help. It wasn't looking good and my mental health was declining. I lived in fear every day. I grieved him every day and every seizure was extremely traumatizing. Since Jackson did not want to sleep upstairs anymore, I brought my bed downstairs to the living room so I could be with him. But at this point, I had decided to move to one floor ground level to make it easier for us. July 2019, we moved to our new home and Jackson seemed to like it, although he lost his backyard where, where there was a beautiful green space out front where he could lay and watch all the other dogs walk by. A few were his breed as well. On October 19, 2019, Jackson was hospitalized for three severe seizures, and at this point I was exhausted. I wanted to give up because I could not go on like this, and neither could he. We could not even make it past 30 days on two types of meds, and I was so discouraged. The doctor proposed potassium bromide as a last resort resource. I accepted. God was good to us. After that, for one year and six months, if not one seizure, I'd hired a caregiver for Jackson so he could get his walks while I'm working at his midday Kepper dose. He was thriving while I kept falling apart, reminded of the normal days and hoping that this would last forever and we were free from this awful disease, but at the same time still living in fear. 
in between that year and a half because of the bromide Jackson liked eating and if he could find, so I had to be extra careful with what laid around the house. He somehow managed to get a hold of a mitten and became very ill. The hospital said he needed urgent surgery if he would die. I did not have $5,000. I begged my grandparents to help me because we had come so far and losing him this way was just not fair. We did the surgery and God willing, Jackson pulled through, still no seizure. April 2021, Jackson started showing severe signs of ataxia, which is caused by the phenobarbital. During this time, things were getting very bad in my relationship, so I was desperately looking for a place for me and Jackson. Neuro team suggested blood tests for his phenol levels. They came back, came back very high, so they decided to decrease the pheno a little to avoid liver da damage. Shortly after that, his, he had his first seizure since October 2019. The monster was back. Okay, Ken. It did not go into clusters, so I accepted it. We had a good run, and I had hoped that we would get there again. He was my trooper. I always had diazepam and clonazepam on hand for emergencies. I thought I, I found us a nice quiet place and thought to myself, we got this. It was the first time Jax and I lived alone and we were happy. It was quiet, but inside I was fighting my own battle, going through a bad breakup, scared for Jax and now alone if anything were to go completely wrong. Jackson continued to have a seizure once a month, but no clusters. So we kept fighting and we enjoyed discovering new spots for our walks together. We kept each other strong. Neuro suggested weaning him off Kepra because his levels were way below therapeutic levels and they felt it was doing nothing for him. We managed to do that successfully. I started to notice that Jackson's recovery time between seizures were getting longer. He was bumping into walls, pacing, crying, but he always licked me on the face when he smelled me pacing by, and I, and I said, Mommy's here. I went away to Ontario in August for a week, never left him once since I had had him at that point. My mom came to stay with him. I needed a break. He somehow got kennel cough during a hospital visit before I left, but by the time I came back, he was good and happy to see me. Late September, Jackson had his first clusters. We kept going. Come January, we were back to hospitalizations. His liver enzymes were high and there was suspected damage. There was no choice to wean him off, but to wean him off the pheno. It was his liver or seizures. As we weaned him off the pheno, Zentanil and Zonazamide, thank you, were prescribed with no guarantees. I needed answers. My mental health was not good, and I needed clarification on what was going on. After a few emails with the neuro team and blood tests, I was told that Jackson was showing signs of a liver problem and that regaining control of his epilepsy was very poor. He had just turned six years old, December 22nd of 2022. Uh, that must have been 21, I think. I did not understand because in between, he was the happiest, but I did notice he was getting tired. That required an invasive biopsy to really know what was going on with his liver. I was never able to be in the room when Jackson had a seizure. It broke my heart too much, but I was always by his side. When he woke up and during his recovery, 
On January 26, 2022, Jackson had a very bad seizure while he was sleeping on a couch. It was around 8.30 a.m., which was not his usual times, and this was happening for the weeks prior. It had just been nine days since his last seizure. I decided to watch it and record it. I was numb. It lasted long. I sent it to my close friends and families and the neuro team. I decided that this cannot go on any further. I could not let us suffer like this anymore. With the support of my loved ones and the approval of the neuro team, I made his appointment to cross the Rainbow Bridge. <clears throat> I did not want Jax to pass away from a seizure he could not recover from. I did not want to put myself in a situation where I could not get him to the hospital on my own. I wanted to go, I wanted him to go being himself alert with dignity and pride because that's what he deserved. <clears throat> the last weekend was our weekend. We went for walks to the ballpark. He visited everyone he loved, but I knew he knew and my heart was bleeding. He ate a big steak and all the watermelon he wanted. Watermelon was his favorite because being on bromide, he had been on a very strict diet. Sunday, January 30th, 2022, I took Jack's. We went to get my mom and my grandfather. The time had come. I will never, ever forget when they took him out of the room to prep him with the twos. And when he came back in, he was happy and came to give me kisses. It's because he knew and was letting me know it was okay or because he thought it was another blood test and we were going home. It broke my heart. I asked myself this question every day. He passed away fast. Until this day, I will never know where and how I got the strength to make the decision, spend that weekend with him and let him go. I crumbled afterward. My mental health took a very bad turn. I cry for him every day. My heart is in the worst pain it has ever felt. I miss him badly. It was my first birthday without him. He sent me 10 centimeters of snow. It will be the first winter without him, his favorite season. His birthday is coming up December 22nd, my first Christmas without him. And of course, January 30th, 30th which will mark the one year I had to make the worst and hardest decision of my life. I replay everything in my mind. Did I do enough? Did I give up too fast? Did I fail him? Was he ready to go? He left with half of my heart, but I know he is my guide now. I decided to move back in with my mom two months ago to get into therapy for myself. But at the same time, I am grieving so much. I am proud that I finally reached out to you both to share this story of my very special angel named Jackson. I would really appreciate your thoughts on our story. And for you to share this on your podcast in honor of two souls, Jax and I, that got ripped apart and only God knows why. I miss you, my boy. And this was extremely hard for me to write, but it needed to be done. I have attached some pictures as well. And we've shared some of the great pictures that she sent. Mm -hmm. Please share Jackson's story because if it could help anyone else, that is what we would want. And so do, that's what he would want. And so do I. Thank you so much again, Nancy and Ken, for the support you offer to all of us who feel so alone and misunderstood in our grieving. And I'm going to show this picture because, because Sarah shared it with us and it, it, it shows his euthanasia. And while we don't usually show these pictures, I thought it might be, it might be a good thing to do this time because she's been so explicit with the way that he passed and you can see how much, 
how very much they were connected. And then here is a picture of his mm -hmm. paw print, which is a memento that she'll have, I'm sure, for a very long time. You know, this was a hard one for me. I think I told you, Ken, I had told Sarah also that I went through, I mean, a lot of, when I read this the first time, I had a really hard time. And I still have a hard time. I'm Terry now because I, my Hank went through this and I went through the, all of this, the changes, the hospitalizations, the medications, the appointments, the waiting, the waiting for the seizure to come. Yeah. And every day, all the time, and then you'd be okay. And then you, again, you're like, uh oh, he's a little weird. You know, what's going to happen? And I have to give her a tremendous amount of credit and courage that she wrote all this because I'm sure she was crying through the whole thing. Because that, that little boy, or big boy, I should say, was her rock, was mm -hmm. her son. Mm -hmm. And so, and of course, she had guilt, even though she did everything in her power, you know, and the, and the anxiety about not having enough money, you know. I, all of those things. And yet we, we got to talk more about that at some point. Cause that's a really important yes. theme. Yeah. Um, but she did everything for that little boy. And I love, and you had said something before we got on about, you know, how she arranged her last weekend with him. Yeah. I mean, that was, we've heard those kinds of stories from a number of people and she detailed it with such clarity that it was so yeah. powerful. I think that she devoted those last several days to everything that was meaningful to, to mm -hmm. him and to them together, visiting right. everybody who was important right. to him. The watermelon, the steak. His, his favorite food. <laughs> and, and just having a really special time yeah. and she also what she wrote to me to me was so powerful when she said she wanted him to exit this life yeah. in a way where he was not being tormented by a seizure that he was but that he was himself yeah. and he was with her and he was able to maintain his dignity and composure and yeah. it was very very thoughtful and powerful the way she described that i thought we really appreciate, Sarah, your story, you know, of your beautiful checks. And and you were going through a very difficult time of your own. So you much. Know, moved twice. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so it just tells you how important that human animal bond is. And she's doing all these good good things for herself. She moved yeah. to be with her family. She's in therapy. Yeah. She she wrote to us as a as a project for for healing and and, mm -hmm. and and that's really that's really something because it's it's hard to write all this down but it helps right it helps it I mean if help. you, you don't need to write us a letter unless you really want to do that but it it can really help to chronicle what you went through because it gets it out of yourself and it allows you to gain perspective and also gives you a history to hold on to, to reflect on and, That's right. and maybe revisit. And it, it can just be helpful. It's just another way of memorializing. Memorializing. It's a ritual. It's, it's the, the kind of having all of that wrapped up 
in such a wonderful remembrance of him with his toys or, you know, his his leash, all of those things with this beautiful story that was heartbreaking, but just proved her love. Oh, it's so it's so powerful. And it, it one of the things I I I realize as we move along with with our conversations is what we're hearing are these beautiful life stories. Yeah. You know, that's what we're hearing from people, these really beautiful life stories of relationships and and the extraordinary wrenching pain that happens. Yeah, that happens. And I want to share a comment, and this is from Lizette, who wrote, Sarah is stronger than she thinks she is. What a courageous and determined person you are. Prayers and thoughts to you and your boy. So thanks, that's Lizette, nice. for that, that affirming message. We agree 100%. So why don't we move on? We'll do Monica. You have Monica, I think. I do. I do. So this is from Monica who writes, I took, so Monica has been in the, in the pet loss support group and she wrote uh, a note about that to begin with. And I'll, I'll read that or at least part of it. Just a quick note for the great call last night for the pet loss support group. You did a, you did a wonderful job leading the call and obviously you're very good at what you do. Such a kind understanding and soothing style that you have. It was nice to hear so many folks' stories and realize I am not the only one. I feel better afterwards and will continue to move forward and hopefully have another furry companion in my life soon. (laughs) Your podcast is wonderful. And I started listening a few days after we lost Cody and Cody is her dog. And let's see if I can. We got pictures. What did I do? Here's Cody. This is... (laughs) This is Monica and Cody. You can just see Monica. So another, either a Husky or a Malamute. I'm not, I'm not sure. And I don't think she, she details that, but he was only seven. We were very emotionally attached and I do feel his spirit all around me. I believe his energy is nearby. Keep up the great work. And then she writes, she writes that she's going to write a letter. And in fact, she did write a letter. So here she, here's her. Here's her letter. Here's her her note about the letter. I took your advice and w- that was mentioned on one of your podcasts about writing a letter to your pet. It's been a month today and I feel like your podcast and the one Zoom call I was on with you last week have been helpful and a great tool for folks as well. As I typed the letter to Cody, I got very emotional. However, it was worth it. You're welcome to read Cody's story on your podcast if you feel it will help others. I feel that hearing several letters you read helped me. So again, feel free to to do so. It's all about paying it forward in life for sure. And so she attached the photo and let me just uh, read through this as well. Yeah. His long his his full name was Kodiak and I think we might have had somebody else who had a who had a husky Kodiak, named Kodiak as well. So it's probably a I mean it makes sense. It makes it's a great name for Right, it's a great name for that kind of dog. Yeah. Uh, Dear Kodiak, it's been a month today that I lost you, baby, and I felt that maybe telling your story would help me a bit as it's been a rough 30 days. So so here goes. It was 7.5 years ago and seems like yesterday that we drove to St. Louis six hours away and picked you up. You were a scared little guy and clinging to your owner, Diane, as you were only eight weeks. When I put a deposit on you at five weeks, I felt a bit guilty as Kodiak 2 had passed just a few weeks prior. However, I knew I had to have another Cody in my life. (laughs) She's like me. Time flew by 
as we went to puppy social class and obedience level one and two. You were a wild boy and the kitchen was barricaded off and it was your domain. You put everything in your mouth and succeeded at swallowing anything from gloves to headbands and even the remote control. Wow. I walked and exercised you and even the dog park did not wear your little butt off. You were so excited with the snow that your energy level increased even more. The colder it got, the more you loved being outside, lying and playing in the snow. I will never forget the day that you took me away for six months that, that took, I'm sorry, that took me away for sit, the job that took me away for six months. And daddy took care of you as a single parent. And I missed you so much. Daddy said, when you knew I was coming back and driving down the street, he had never seen you so excited. I was back home and we were all together again. You brought us so much joy once you settled down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoyed taking you in your car, in your car, as you had so much hair that we kept the old forerunner for you. That was Cody's car. You loved to ride around when it was cool and our weekly hiking trips were the best. You literally stopped traffic. And when you went to PetSmart and Home Depot, there were crowds around you like a celebrity. <laughs> Folks wanted your autograph, autograph and a photo most times too. You loved it. Once Nana, mom, moved up here and stayed with us until her place was ready was the beginning of a very strong bond that you had with her. And it showed a side where people were drawn to your presence. And it brought such a calmness to many folks that lived there, especially Nana. The weekly visits we spent at her place visiting other residents of the Grand Victorian where she lived were by far the highlight for you. Going to Nana's apartment for the big milk bones <laughs> that she had to keep for you were your favorite. And when Nana came over for all holidays and your Aunt Juju came up from Florida, were tops as you had such a special bond with both of them. I will never forget when Nana had to go into hospice here at the house for the last week of her life, that you continued to be at her side and crawled into the hospital bed that was set up in the dining room and kept her company those last days of her life. You had a bond that I know will never be broken as you were her furry grandson and her boy. She was 90 pounds and you were 145 pounds and a gentle giant for sure. When she passed away and you climbed into the bed and started growling and protecting her, I could not believe my eyes and ears as you had never growled at anyone in your life. We had to have two people help get you off her as you were licking her face and did not want to leave her side. Boy, that was a tough period in my life for sure. And you and I became even closer as you knew I was having a tough time. Mm -hmm. You had been through so much with me and so many things had happened in my life that you could read my mind and knew what I needed and knew when I needed it. I have never felt such a powerful emotional connection as I felt with you, baby. I knew Kodiak one and two and each had their own personality. However, you were truly a mama's boy. The last week before you got sick and you jumped into the forerunner to go hiking was the last memory, good memory I have. And I'm glad it's a good one. You went downhill quickly. And when you were at the emergency vet and they said that you would not go pee on your own, I knew I had to see you. Mm -hmm. That night I walked you 
and the moon was full and a cold wind was blowing. I felt that you were telling me it was the last time I would walk you. We walked around the building and I kept telling you to pee, pee, and I was so happy when you did. I did not want to leave you that night and we sat on the floor of the lobby and I knew you were loaded with pain meds. However, you stayed your proud and stoic self until the very end as the next day was your emergency surgery and we drove you almost two hours away to a vet specialty center as we would have done anything to help you. We thought about, we thought after two obstruction surgeries that you would survive the surgery and recover and we would have you a few, a few more years. That was not meant to be. And it was a shock to know that you were not going to wake up from that surgery based on the findings. I regret so much that I was not waiting in the lobby all day for you. And I regret not coming to see you before they took you away. Daddy felt it was best not to see you like that. However, I do regret it. I regret not seeing you get to be an old man as well. I know it was the only thing we could do. And I am so sorry that I couldn't fix it for you. What I do know for sure is that all the joy you brought us and the bond we had will never go away. Mm -hmm. I feel your spirit all over this house. And each time I'm in the kitchen, I see you and feel your spirit there as you were always waiting for a crumb to fall. <laughs> Every time the wind blows and the wind chimes are making their music, I know it's you saying, Mama, I'm here with you. I sure hope that we are together again someday and you are running around meeting Cody one and two and are seeing your precious beloved Nana again. Please understand that someday I will have another Cody and will be asking for your advice. And I know that you will be there and provide it. I love you, baby, so much. And I know you are listening to me as you always have. Please keep giving me signs. And may I learn from you that your zest and love for life will be my lesson to be learned. I feel that you... I feel that was your purpose. I miss you, baby. Love, Mama. Wow. Oh, what a great, what a great letter. Right, great letter. And so heartfelt. And that story about him being with her mother while she died. Oh, yeah, when she, and when she died. protecting her. And yeah. wow. I mean, amazing. <laughs> it's also something, the way, I thought it was something the way she described how rambunctious he was for when he was little, which is he was uh, in the kitchen a lot. Uh, something I identify a lot with right now. With my two puppies, <laughs> a year and a half old. Monica, that was a beautiful letter. Beautiful and thank you so much for sharing it. And beautiful so much contact also after yeah. transition. Right. So much contact. He's still so much around. He's still around, and yeah. she feels him, and she hears him. And I think that that's great. And she knows there's going to be a, a Kodiak tour. <laughs> now, all, hey, but when she gets to the Rainbow Bridge, <laughs> she will. All be, of those Kodiaks. She's going to be piled on by, by Huskies. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So yes. thank you so much, Monica and Sarah. And we appreciate very much your willingness to share these stories and Hopefully they were helpful for other people. I'm imagining they certainly were. And as always, Nancy, thanks for yes, uh, the time together. And we will. And happy New Year to everybody. Yes. Hope everybody has a peaceful, peaceful and calm start. Yeah, caring, yeah, New Year's. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>